Welcome in to the Jackson and Caden podcast for episode number eight. I believe Kendrick so. Kendrick Lamar review today. Go ahead, Caden. I was going to say, I believe so. Um, we're going to get into the Kendrick album. We'll get some NBA playoffs and then maybe talk a little bit about hockey and how exciting that first round for every series has been. Let's go Bruins. They're winning tonight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They got a tough matchup. All right. So on Friday at midnight, Kendrick Lamar released his fifth studio album, I believe. I think so. I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure on that, but it was his first album. In like three five years. years. Five, yeah. Yeah. He, re- he released one for like the Black Panther soundtrack, but that's not really counted. Most no. people don't count it. That doesn't so. count. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was an interesting listen. Like, at first I was kind of disappointed. I listened to it like five or six times, not gonna <laughs> lie. That's all I've been doing the last few days. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's a, it's a lot, man. Um, what are your first reactions to it? Um, um, I listened to it yesterday, listened to the full album. It's a long album, I'll say that. Um, it, it takes a little bit getting used to, um, it's not what you typically expect from most rap artists. He's got a lot of deeper meanings in his song, so I'm gonna have to go through and give it a couple more listens. But it was, it was good. I thought the album had some really good songs. Uh, there were a couple I didn't like just because of the stylistic choices that he chose. But I mean, overall, it was, it was a really good album. I think it was better than the Jack Harlow's album. So. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> not not a shocker there, but yeah, Kendrick, um, always in his music, he's really covered some kind of tough topics to talk about. Yeah. Um, he's covered how he's had a lot of troubles in his life growing up in Compton. And this album, it's maybe one of his most, I heard the other day, someone said it was his most introspective album. I think I would have to agree. Like, he really just hits some really, like, deep stuff in his family. Yeah. He talks about stuff like sexual abuse in his family with his mother. Uh, he talks about just some of the relationships he has and how they've been really difficult. He talks about going to therapy, just to name a couple. And um, I think my favorite from the track was... It's definitely Mother Eye Sober, the second to last song. Um, like I just said, it really, really told the story about his mom um, and family abuse. Um, and it just like, it's a really deep song. It's kind of a tough listen at first, but mm-hmm. it's kind of needed, you know? It yeah. covers these hard topics because it's needed to cover. Yeah. Um, a song that took me by surprise, I think it was um, Anti Diaries. Mm. Oh my goodness. That was. Not what I was expecting at all. And yeah. He speaks about his aunt who went from a woman to a man, mm-hmm. I believe, and he was in like second grade or so, and you know it's like a big event to happen in such a young kid's life, especially back when he was a kid when that was widely unacceptable for that day and age. And I, it's not what I thought when I, I first put the song on. I was like, what What's happening here? And then. You know, it was, a, it was a nice song, and like you said, he gives a lot of perspective on his bringing and how he grew up, and, you know, this song definitely highlights that to a T. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was actually just listening to it in the car on the way back. And yeah, it's definitely like, it covers transgender in that song. Um, one of his family members switching genders. And mm-hmm. it really talks about like how we use words and like slurs and stuff and how they're used. And um, it kind of talks about how like, oh, he has no meaning behind him. Like he doesn't, he's not trying to be rude, but it actually affects people. Yeah. And it was just a very interesting and kind of nuanced uh, way of talking about stuff like that. Yeah, I think it highlights a lot, too, about how we as a society now use, you know, words and stuff. We say a lot of things that we're like, oh, it doesn't have any meaning behind it. But to a lot of people, it does. And sometimes when we're not the people marginalized by those, it can, you know, we can't really see the effects it has on those communities and I'm not a fan of how much he used it in his song, but like, then again, it's, you know, an accurate representation of what life was like and kind of what life is like now with how people use their words. And, you know, maybe if it reaches the right audience, you know, they'll listen to that and be like, yo, maybe I need to change my, my ways or just, you know, how I raise my children and things of that nature. Yeah, um, definitely in Kendrick's music, it can be very intense with uh, the words he chooses to use. It's a lot of swearing, a lot of slurs, and I think the way he's using it, though, he, he tries to bring awareness to this stuff, and that's why I really like him as an art- artist. He's one of my favorites because he really, he really wants to show some of the problems that are going on, and he, he's a great storyteller, one of the best in music today and probably ever. And that's that's just the way he doesn't really try to sidestep anything. He tries to cover the topic and tell you about it, even if it hard, is hard to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, Caden, want to give me your top five songs from the album? Oh, my top five songs. <laughs> you know, really tough. I after know, after one listen to the album, you know, this is you know still pending, of mm-hmm. course, just because you know things can happen. But when I was texting you last night about it. One of this is in no particular order either. Um, I like Die Hard. I like I liked N ninety five. Um I enjoyed Father Time. Really good one. Savior. And then Mother I Sober would probably be the top five as of right now, pending any further listen and attitude changes. Yeah. So I've listened to it multiple times through. I just can keep on putting it on repeat. Because, like, with Kendrick, he raps so quick. He has so many words in his songs. It's kind of hard to catch them the first run mm-hmm. through. But I'd probably go with Mother I Sober. It's the number one song. Very deep. Very meaningful song. Um, I'd probably say, I don't know if I can do it exactly in order, but Father Time's definitely in there, like you said. Really great track. Um, great production in it. Just the music in the background was exceptional. Um, after that, probably say "Count Me Out," "Crown," and it would probably be "Auntie Diaries" or "Untied," un not "Untied," "United in Grief," which is the intro track. Yeah. Um, yeah. one song that was I honestly had to skip about halfway through. Was I think it was We Cry Together. Yep. I'm just yep. like, I'm just like, come on, like, skip. Like, they're just yelling at each other, like, F you, no F you, no. I'm like, okay, I don't, 
I don't need to hear all that. So I'm just like, okay. After about two minutes of that, I was like, okay, next song. Yeah. No, I listen to it and I'm like, wow, this is, this is, this is a lot here. Yeah. I'm like, but this is I think it, Again, I think it was kind of muted on a track list though. It was Kendrick just showing like what real life is like. And, um, it can get bad sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I would definitely agree. Like that's that or Mother Eye Sober are probably the t- toughest listens in the song, especially that one because it's just so loud and violent. Yeah, and, like stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think? Okay, so this might be a controversial one, but I I've, I've been listening to a lot of people. Some people love Crown. Some people really dislike and thought it was boring. What is your thoughts? That's the one. Where he says, I can't please everyone. Oh, Basically okay. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. I would say it's top 75% of the mm-hmm. album for me. I did enjoy it. It's probably sitting at six or seven. Um, okay. I liked it because of the message. And, it's, you know, it's true. Like, no matter who you are, you can't go out and please everybody. You have to pick and choose. And, yeah. you know, I can get why people could be upset or not enjoy it, but... You know, I, I liked it. I found it to be truthful and to be uh, just real. Yeah. Um. There's the part in the can't tell the exact words, but when like everyone's singing together, it's like a big chorus mm-hmm. happens near the end, and it just like gave me goosebumps, man. Goosey bumps. Like it was, it was beautiful and. Yeah. Um, I can get why some people would say it's a little boring. He says, I can't please everybody. I can't please everybody over and over, which I get can get repetitive, but I think I just liked it personally. Yeah. And, um, another part of this album that I really enjoyed was the piano throughout. The piano play was really nice. I liked how it, uh, tied together some of the pieces, like ending a lot of the tracks or starting out with the piano. I really enjoyed that. Going along with like that kind of aspect, uh, he had a lot of good beats with his production and music. Uh, I can't recall songs in specific, but there were a lot that like changed up halfway through, and he did something that Jack Harlow didn't do, which he switched his flow when the beat changed, mm-hmm. and that's something that I really enjoyed. It's really nice to hear, just because it shows versatility of the artist and not just like one flow through the whole song. Yeah, um, I would definitely agree. Um, so some nitpicks in the album. I listened to a bit. I've been watching a lot of videos about this album, and someone hit on it. Just like if you listen to an album like "To Pimp a Butterfly," which is really his like piece of like master masterpiece, a lot of people would say. Um, he really flows well between tracks. Like he'll play music at the end, uh-huh. and play the next one. And he did that a couple times, but a lot of times it just kind of cut off, started a new song. And I really like the kind of flow from track to track. Yeah. To go along, I, I like that you said that. Um, I haven't really thought about that in a while, but I do think like this day and age with how music is progressing and, you know, less people are listening to the radio and more people are using like Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, and they're listening Andor. to Pandora. Oh my gosh, forgot about that one. Um, I love Pandora. But like, I I like what you said. Like, how the album like is tied together through some commonalities, and I like that because I'll be listening to an album and like just 
flows so smoothly. And I think listeners now, you know, they're listening to albums at a time or they're picking and choosing their songs. And it's just a lot more convenient and a better stylistic choice, in my opinion, to make songs mm-hmm. like that within an album. And I think it can separate you from a lot of other artists. Yeah, I get that. Um, I definitely, like, I get that, but I definitely wanted, like, I've been, uh, over, like, the last year or so, I started really listening to full albums. Mm-hmm. And if they just have, like, something that ties everything together, which I think it was really good. There was, like, a lot of elements that were very similar and kind of told the story, but just the music side. I just want a little bit of music through. Like, it's Pimp a Butterfly. It's a very jazzy album. And they'll, like, play saxophone at the end of the song, and they'll go through to the next song. And, yeah, um... We go to features. Um, who's your favorite feature? Um, let, me, let me take a look here at the uh, playlist. Here, I'll let you think about it, and I'll just tell you mine real quick. Um, okay. So a new artist, pretty new at least, Baby Keem. Oh, I love uh, Baby That's what I was going to say. I was trying to figure yeah. out which one was with Baby Keem. I believe he was in Rich Interlude and then Rich Spirit. And He was also in Savior. He was in what? Uh, Savior. Oh, you know what? I think he was in The Savior. I think the rich yeah. one was maybe Kodak Black or someone else. Honestly, yeah. I can't totally remember. But anyways, yeah, he's just, I just really like his flow. And he's very unique as an artist. It's like just the way he, he's kind of like Kendrick. Like the way he sounds, the way he sings and raps is very unique. I really enjoyed that. And definitely gives a lot of like content in a short amount of time and i was really pleased by him again yeah i i do enjoy listening to baby keem i think he was a good choice to have you know featuring in this album just because of what you said like the similarities that kendrick and him Mm -hmm. have um yeah i think i don't know his just his style was very similar and you know, kind of emphasize the music a little more. Yeah. Some other notable features that I really enjoyed definitely would be, uh, like Beth, sorry, Beth Gibbons, who I've never heard of on mother. I sober. She had a great voice, really tied the track well together. Really enjoyed that. And I would say, even though it's a hard track to listen to, we cry together, Taylor page, was very good. You can really hear the emotion in her as well as Kendrick. Um, yeah, those are a couple other ones hit on um, that I really enjoyed as features. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move to the NBA now? Um, real quick before we do that, I don't know how much like you listen to previous Kendrick stuff, and I don't know how I'd rank it right now. But this track is just or this album is so unique i feel like um i think i'd still have tracks like damn and to pimp a butterfly probably over it but i don't know like really with kendrick's music you gotta listen to it for a couple months it might grow on me more or maybe i won't like it as much like we'll really see right now i'd probably give it i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten that might be a little low but i expect a lot from kendrick so caden What's your rating? Yeah. Um, I'd say about a seven, a seven or eight out of mm-hmm. ten. You know, just it's been one listen through. Um, yeah. 
we'll see if I give a different opinion on a future podcast after I listen to it a few more times. But as of right now, it's like a seven. Yeah, I had it like a seven yesterday. I think I had it maybe a little over the day before. It's, it's been it's starting to grow on me a bit. Um, yeah, let's go on to NBA and my very own Boston Celtics, the Jason Tatum game. They're forcing game seven tomorrow afternoon on ABC. I don't think there's a game tonight, is there? Oh, uh, there may not be. That's that's sad. Yeah, because I think... Well, wait, wait. Do Mavs and Suns play tonight or no? I don't, I don't know. Um, no, they they don't. They play Sunday. Oh no! Yeah. Why? Why you gotta do this to us, NBA? Hey, they're loading it up. Sunday is gonna be the day of Game Sevens. They are, man. Yeah. We got uh, get some hockey this afternoon. Yeah. I'm I'm nervous for the Bruins, but here, let's let's hear your takes on the NBA. Um, the Warriors are looking strong as ever. Clay Thompson had yet another memorable Game Six. He is just a beast in Game Sixes, shooting threes left and right. Um, I believe I was watching the, the broadcast last night, and I kind of laughed because um, RJ was on the call, and he's <laughs> he was Clay Thompson hit threes like, and Clay Thompson's now hit seven threes, but he's not close to his uh, game six record, which is eleven, and I'm like that is super impressive, like seven threes in a game itself is just amazing, but for your record to be eleven. That's yeah, just mind-boggling, and you know. I mean, yeah. This I didn't watch much of the Warriors game last night because it was on so late. Yeah, but uh, there were some of those shots like Clay's like dribble, 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 which he doesn't usually do, and he pulls up mid-range. I'm like Clay, what are you doing, man? I think, Splish. It, yeah, he's like, tired of that. He was on fire. He's tired of the not top seventy-five, man. He he wants to get in that conversation. The disrespect, man. I, I he was seventy-seven. I believe he was just outside, and I think he definitely should have been on. And I think Draymond should have been really considered to be on think, that list as well. I think Clay would have been top seventy-five if he didn't have back-to-back season-ending injuries, because yeah. he, would have been, he would have been in people's minds, and he would also have been able to like improve upon his reputation. But you know, he got hurt twice, and I haven't seen like half of those guys on that list play, so I can't really say anything about them, but. Clay's one heck of a shooter. That team, I don't know what it was about Memphis. I think it's just they were so disciplined on defense and they could spread the floor almost as good as Memphis. I mean, uh, Golden State could. That gave them such a matchup issue. But I think going forward, if if they play, if they play the Mavs, it'll be over in five. But if they play. Phoenix, I think it goes six or seven, and I still have my Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, still have the Warriors in the finals. Yeah, me too. Um, going back to Memphis, like, have you ever heard of the Ewing theory? The Patrick Ewing theory. Yes. What about it's it? called the Ewing theory? And so basically, for our viewers at home as well, um, the Ewing theory is when your best player is out. Oh yeah. But you're, yeah. He actually plays better. And this is when Patrick Ewing was out in 1999 from the playoffs, and the team made it to the finals. And a lot of people said they actually played better without him. I think... Is, is John Morant in this conversation? As of right now, I do not think so. 
And the only reason I say that is because during the regular season, they were so good with and without him. And I think that's just because they're young and they're versatile. So when John Morant is a hurt, they have a different play style, a lot more open and cut and kick, which is much better to play against Golden State. But if you compare it to, like, if they were playing a different team, I think we're not really having this conversation. I think Jaw going against another team would have a bigger impact. But the play style needed to win that series was one where Jaw wasn't really necessary. Yeah, a lot of ball movement, a lot of shooting. Yeah. Defense. Yeah, I would agree. I actually like how they play better without Jaw. But I think, like, big moments when you need a guy to score, like, I want Jaw out there. That's the biggest thing is you look at this and, like, you need a guy out there that's going to handle the ball and be smart in these late-game situations. And, yeah, it's it's good for the first 46 minutes. But for those last two, you need someone to go get you a bucket. And there's not one person I can point out on the team that can make their own – create their own space and get their own shot. Like Jaw Cam. Yeah, I would agree. And going to the Celtics and Bucks. This is um, this is an amazing series, I gotta say. It is fantastic. It's it's so good. And uh you know, I think we're really seeing the future of the NBA with Giannis and Giannis and Tatum and I may have Luca. Now we you see all these young players are just taken over right now and like they're going to be around for the next decade yeah i i think the hands of the nba are going to be in a great place because these players you know i was kind of thinking a few years back that we would just have more steph curry's coming into the league but that's not the case you still have like a Giannis who's more of a traditional big man in the fact that he likes his his points in the paint and at the line um he'll step out and shoot a three every now and then but you have that, then you have Jason Tatum, who kind of mimics a more efficient LeBron in terms of shooting. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Jaw, who's just an amazing point guard. But you have Jokic, too. Jokic is, I mean, he's, he's amazing. He is just a big white guy that plays old man basketball out there and wins the MVP two years in a row. And then Luka, not the quickest guy, but... He can get where he needs to be and score it well. And yeah, this this league is going to be in a great place. And don't forget about Devin Booker either. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we can add him. We can add him if we need to. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Watching last night, it was just it was so much fun. Like Giannis was just unstoppable. Yeah, right from the get go, like right from the start, first quarter. Yeah, his first six um, points were at the free throw line, and it's just like, how do you guard someone that's just going to run down the paint and dunk? And when I don't like, why why can he shoot now? Like, I'm so confused. Like, he's hitting threes on us, and it's like, he's just unstoppable. But Tatum just matched him, bucket for bucket out there, and it was just it was it was awesome to see him perform like that last night. Yeah, it was really amazing to see how well Jason Tatum played. It seems like whenever they need him like that, he can come up and show up big. Because, I mean, the other night when Al Horford dropped a 30-piece, so did Tatum. Like, no one was talking about that. They were talking about, oh, old man Al Horford scored 30. Like, okay, and Jason Tatum did it too. 
Then he went home yeah. and scored like 46 last night. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard team to beat if you have a guy doing that. And then I think the pieces they have around them are much better than what Milwaukee has mm-hmm. in terms of like Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. So I think the Celtics take game seven. Yeah, I I think so too, knock on wood. But uh, I just want to ask, where are all the Marcus Smart haters today? Because that man showed up last night. He was on fire from three, just made all the plays out there. He's, he's my guy. Like, Marcus, never going to go out there and give a poor effort. So I was going to give it 110%. He's shooting the ball well, playmake. I mean, Jalen Brown also showed up. Derek White with a really nice game yesterday. And, uh, yeah, we had enough to beat Giannis and the refs, you know? <laughs> yeah, one thing about Derek White, um, I think there should be a ban on people wearing headbands when their forehead's that big. Um, <laughs> I just don't think that you should be able to do that. It looks horrible. It looks disgraceful. Tell them to take <laughs> off the headband. Yeah, Um yeah, so one more point, like, Giannis, like, it wasn't awful yesterday, but Giannis just plays football. Like, he just runs over people. Yeah. There was one play, he went to the basket and scored. He took clearly, like, not exaggerating, four steps. Yeah, four I, steps. Um, I believe I saw that on TikTok, and I liked that. No, I retweeted it on Twitter. That's what it is. I retweeted it. I'm like, he took, like, eight steps here. Like, how is this not a travel? <laughs> Yeah, I I don't get it sometimes, man. I and then he drives to the basket. He has his arm out. They got him in a couple calls yesterday, but yeah, we'll see. Game seven, I'm I might be yelling at the TV a bit. I I would too if I had a dog in the fight. <laughs> hey, Cleveland next year maybe. Yeah, we're hoping. <laughs> Just trying to treat him. <laughs> yeah, um, I sun's... guess we can. Uh, Go on to some hockey talk for a little bit. Yeah, um, I'll pull up the games for tonight. I believe the Bruins play the Hurricanes tonight. Game mm-hmm. seven, Lightning Maple Leaves. Game seven, Kings Oilers. Game seven. Wow. I know you're taking the Bruins. I I think this game goes to overtime, and yeah, I'm not gonna pick a winner, but it goes to overtime. That's my uh, prediction. I'm not gonna pick the winner. Okay. Nope. Um, I'll pick the winner. Okay. Bruins get the win. The next matchup, I have the three Tam- to one. I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Brad Marchand shows up. Uh, Pasternak shows up. Charlie McVoy. I'm a, I'm not very good with hockey, All but right. we're gonna play good. Tampa Bay Lightning. They're gonna beat the Maple Leafs. I love Tampa Bay Lightning, and then Kings Oilers. I have to go with the Oilers. They've just I don't know. I just have a feeling about them. But we did have two... Ooh, I think just one series so far has ended. And that is... No, two. The Blues beat the Wild Thursday night. The Blues are now advancing. And then the Panthers beat the Capitals to advance. But, I mean, other than that, the rest of the series are still going on strong. And I'm I'm probably going to watch a couple of those games tonight. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Bruins this afternoon. I'm not a big hockey guy, like I've said many times, but the 
big game. Hockey playoffs is really fun. So they just play so hard, ton of action. And another thing in sports today, sorry, I'm just, I'm just watching it right now. Very good. We have PKs, Chelsea, Liverpool, the oh, FA Cup championship. Go Chelsea. Yeah, I think they're on, they're on like national TV yeah. right now, and that, that's supposed to be a good matchup. So hopefully Chelsea wins that one for you. Um, yes, sir. But yeah, that's all I got today for this episode. You got anything else? Uh, that's about it. Um, I mean, everyone, be happy. Uh, give people high fives. Um, say good morning. Smile. Good afternoon. Say good morning. Say good night. Say thank you. Say please. And go out and um, play some golf. <laughs> play some golf. Play some hoops. Climb a mountain. You know. Don't climb a mountain. Whatever you, whatever yeah. makes you happy. Exactly. All right, that will be it for us today. Yep. Uh, All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we had three listeners, I think, on our last one. So thank you for those three. Uh, yes, keep thank us you. rolling here.